LSU week is finally here. But first, we have to take care of a few things from the Auburn game. This is the Takeaways episode right here on the Locked On Ole Miss podcast. You are Locked On Ole Miss, your daily podcast on the Ole Miss Rebels, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, welcome to the Lockdown Ole Miss Podcast. I am your host, Stephen Willis. Thank you very much for tuning in today. We're going to talk about the three takeaways from the Auburn game, and one of those takeaways is that Ole Miss has a top five coach. We'll get into that in just a second, but I do want to say thank you for making the Lockdown Ole Miss Podcast your first listen every day. We are a free and available wherever you get your podcast, including YouTube, so do us a favor, subscribe to the channel, hit the bell, and of course, upvote the video and comment and participate in the conversation, if you will. We would appreciate it. Thank you very much. Anyway, the first takeaway from this game is that Lane Kiffin is a top five coach. In college football, he's a top five coach. Eventually, he's going to have to be paid like a top five coach. He's a top five coach. His decision to do an onside kick there in the Auburn game, when Auburn had all the momentum storming back with a chance to, um, at that point, take the lead. I think Ole Miss went up um, seven points or something like that. If they had gotten the ball back, they would have gotten the ball back with the chance to tie. That would have been their only chance to do that. Link Kiffin saw that. They noticed on film during the week a weakness in the Auburn kickoff return game. They executed the onside kick to perfection. Props to Jonathan Cruz all day long about that. Brandon Buckhalter with the recovery. Ole Miss goes down and score. It's a 14-point game or a 10-point game or something like that. And Ole Miss was in the beginning stages of putting this game away. Now, at the end of the day, last week we told you that this was a – the line was about right, and the line at that point was 14 and a half points. The final score is 14 points. Vegas is good at their job. But Auburn came out with a lot of fight. They really did. And our second takeaway behind Lane Kiffin being a top five coach is that tackling and third downs really sunk our defense. We told you all last week, one of the keys um, for Ole Miss was to get Auburn in third and six and longer. A, they couldn't get Auburn in the third and six very often. They did give up a couple of long yardage conversions to Robbie Ashford, who's an athletic guy and can make plays. We told you that, that was a possibility. But they couldn't, couldn't consistently do what they needed to do. Now, part of my concern in that was the, the ability that Robbie Ashford to scramble around and run around and how much of an elite scrambler he is forced them to play a little bit passive defensively. They didn't force the issue, despite in the first quarter exactly blowing up absolutely everything that Auburn was trying to do by forcing the issue. In the second quarter on, they just kind of stopped until about the last nine minutes of the game. They started back. In the, in the middle, they played extremely passive. Robbie Ashford was able to get some confidence, and Auburn was able to play some ball, and all of a sudden the running game got to work. And we told you, they're – their goal for an Auburn successful game plan would be to feed Tank Bigsby, to feed Jarquez Hunter, and for our Robbie Ashford to throw the ball as little as possible. And that kind of happened. Now, what we are seeing, and let's be real, people are going to freak out about the defense. I, I get that. that. That's fine. Um, but I am chalking this up to, like, Arkansas last year, that, that type of game. 
and they're going to get better. They're going to play better week to week. It, whatever happens in a game is not an infinite data point going that way. It's not going to look like that again. But this defense is designed to work against spread offenses, teams that want to spread you out, things like that. Now, it's slowly going away from that in college football. That is the trend right now because of this defense. And it is going back to a more smash-mouth, murder-ball offense. You see that with Baylor. Um, Alabama did it last year. They can't really do it this year. Um, Auburn did it last year under Mike Bobo. They had that in their arsenal this year. The other team that Ole Miss needs to really worry about playing that way is against Arkansas. So if you look at the schedule and it's like, okay, if we can get by Kentucky, if we can get by Auburn, and we can get by Arkansas, this defense gives us exactly what we want to do. Everybody's talking about three down, four down. That doesn't matter. There's three down fronts played in the NFL. There's four down fronts played in the NFL. It, that doesn't matter in run stopping. The difference is physics. And this 3-2-6 with six defensive backs on the field where you have two undersized linebacker where in the NFL they might be 230 or 240. And some of these same defenses played in this system, they might be 210 and taking on a tight end at 250. That presents a little bit of a physics problem. But teams cannot just all of a sudden, hey, let's get in the I formation with two tight ends and run it. That's not what they've practiced all year. The football doesn't work that way. You get good at doing what you do. You, this is a specialty thing. Now, do I think LSU is going to try and pound the ball a little bit? Yes. Yes, I do. Uh, do I think they have the system and everything in place to do it? Not really. Um, this is a team that likes to throw the ball, and this is a team that I think our defense matches up pretty well against them on the offensive side. The scary part will be how mobile of a quarterback he is. We'll talk about that when we get into the keys of the game. We talked to Caroline Fenton. Um, we talked to Chris Gordy. All those guys will talk about that Ole Miss LSU game in depth. But right now we're talking about Auburn. So the first takeaway is that we have a top five collegiate head coach, period. Not even close. Eventually, Lane Kiffin will have to be paid that, but he doesn't have to be paid that right now. He's doing a fantastic job. Second, the defense did a poor job tackling and forcing and stopping third downs on defense. Now, granted, they were like 5 of 15 on third down, and that was still like a third better than they've done all season. They did not do a very good job on third down, and they did not do a very good job tackling, period. There's no getting around that. They've got to improve on that. Because until Ole Miss stops this, they're going to see some sort of a facsimile of what this team looks like right now. We've seen from Auburn, from Vanderbilt, from Kentucky. From those three weeks, we're going to see the same thing. We have to figure out how to stop it. Now, the important thing, like I was saying earlier, on games that you might not be able to stop it very well, when they have the competitive advantage, can they outscore you? Because the ultimate goal is to win the game, is it not? And winning is the most important facet. It's not how you look. If you win by one point or 40, it doesn't matter. Just win the game. Ole Miss won the game by two touchdowns against Auburn. Third, the third takeaway right now is that Ole Miss has a dominant running back run. Ole Miss ran for 448 yards on 69 carries Saturday. The last time Ole Miss ran for that many yards I was three years old. 
I don't remember that game. I think that was against Tennessee in 1979. But Ole Miss was able to put that up against Tennessee in an SEC game. Now, also, Ole Miss had three 100-yard rushers. This is a fun fact. This century in the SEC, that's happened three times. The first time in this century it's happened um, was the seven-overtime Ole Miss-Arkansas game where Matt Jones and those running backs ran absolutely crazy, and they were able to do that in the midst of all those overtimes where you had seven times of going 25 yards. So you had 150 yards of extra yardage, and Matt Jones just couldn't be tackled that night. The second was in 2020 when Ole Miss played Kentucky. Kentucky had three 100-yard running backs. Ole Miss won that game 42-41 to in overtime and a missed extra point. All these games, by the way, if you notice, either overtime or fairly close except for the game Saturday. Ole Miss had three 100-yard rushes. I think Judkins rushed for 139 and two touchdowns. Evans rushed for 136 and a touchdown. And Jackson Dart rushed for 115. This is an elite running unit. And this is important. When you go back and look at what they did versus Vanderbilt, throwing for 448 and was a dominant passing attack, and the offense started to look like it did a year ago with Matt Corral. Well, that game is the reason Ole Miss was able to run for 448 against Auburn. That film putting down, that shows you the the importance of being multifaceted on the offense. Once Ole Miss was one-dimensional, it was hard to run the ball. Everybody was stacking up. They were doing certain things. But all of a sudden against Vanderbilt, you show that if you screw up and we can get behind you, we will really make you hurt. And all of a sudden they're a little bit hesitant going to the line. And, and 300 yards rushing becomes 448. And ginormous holes. Auburn has struggled at the linebacker position all season long. This is, this is not a new thing. But overall, this is a better defense than Ole Miss has potentially played other than Kentucky all season. It's a good team. Now, offensively, they struggle. They have quarterback issues. They have offensive line issues. That did not change. But it's easier for that offensive line when they can fire off in the running game. And they did, they did a good job. The explosive plays. If you take away four explosive plays, which I understand you can't do that. But if you do that, the defense played relatively well. But those four explosives all of a sudden took the running game from 170 yards and respectable to 300 yards. So that's why that looked a little bit lopsided. Um, Ole Miss won the first quarter 14 to nothing, And I think they won the fourth quarter either 14 to 3 or 10 to 3. So either way in winning time Ole Miss put it away, they got off to a fast start. So the lull, if you want to look at half of the game being a lull that Ole Miss does, it was in quarters 2 and 3. So they have now mixed it up to where all quarters can be happening. But like I said, once this team can put together three solid quarters of football, look out. This is absolutely going to be phenomenal. It's going to be really great. The numbers don't lie. In the last decade, over 4 million people have chosen Simply Safe Home Security to protect their home. You don't earn a trust of that many people without doing something right. At Simply Safe, your safety is only the only thing that matters. I know because I use Simply Safe in my own home. 
They protect, protect you with cutting-edge security technology powered by 24-7 professional monitoring agents who always have your back. Here's why I love it. In 2019, I had brain surgery, and after the brain surgery, I got a little bit forgetful, and I still am forgetful. I'm the type of person that anytime anything happens, I have to set an alarm on my phone or it's gone. So, at least once a month, I pop into the door, forget we have an alarm system, the alarm goes off and we get a call and I have to get my passcode, all of that stuff. But, every time they handle this, and if they would do this for somebody as forgetful and as poor of a customer as I might be, Imagine how well they will protect the home from an actual intruder. That is something you need to keep in mind. They do a really, really good job. So customize the perfect system for your home in just a few minutes at simplysafe.com slash locked on college. Save 20% on your Simply Safe security system when you sign up for an interacting mo interactive monitoring plan and get your first month month free. Visit simplysafe.com slash locked on college to learn more. There's no safe. Like Simply Safe. All right, thanks for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcast, including iTunes and Spotify. Do us a favor, leave us a five star review. Doesn't matter what you say, just make sure it's a five star review. That will help others find the podcast when they search in the Google machine, Ole Miss Podcast. We will pop up front and center. They'll be here and they can follow the Ole Miss stuff and join our happy little community. Um, I appreciate everybody tuning in on the postcast. We are going to probably do a little bit of a format change. Um, I like what we did this weekend. So our guests that we have to come on to, our expert analysis guests are going to come on for 15 minutes or so in the beginning, give, them, give us their thoughts on the game, and then we're going to cut away and we're going to move to the community questions in the chat. And, and we can interact with it, go back and forth, and do that as well. So that should be a really cool thing, and I look forward to doing that in the future. This weekend, we're trying to line up a couple of guests. Um, it's We're leaning on the 97 Ole Miss LSU game, and there, there's your hint. Um, so we're trying to get those set up for this weekend. All right, we talked about in the first segment the three takeaways, honestly. In this segment, we're going to do something a little bit different before we get into lines. This game means a ton to me, just absolutely a ton. Now, the way I'll put it is, the Ole Miss LSU game is the game I most want to win on Ole Miss's schedule. The Egg Bowl is the game I most not want to lose. And if you don't understand that difference, you're probably not an Ole Miss fan. LSU is a big, huge game that over the years – we built up a point that when we had a successful season, we have beaten LSU. Now, in 2014, we were 7-0, and just like we are now. And we went down to Tiger Stadium, and LSU was able to win 10-7. to There's a tweet by Ross Dallinger saying that that night the stadium was as loud as he's ever heard a college football stadium. Tiger Stadium was absolutely rocking. Now, we're going to talk about a bunch of stuff, and we're going to break it down just about every way we possibly can during the week. But in this segment, I want to mention historically what this game will be like. If that game was the loudest game he's ever heard in a college football stadium, LSU won 10-7. Ole Miss was um, number one or two going in on 1959. LSU won 7-3. I think the year after that, Ole Miss tied in Tiger Stadium 
at 10 to 10 or something like that. This game, whenever I say that when a, an elite team comes in, it really gets LSU up. Because this game means something for Ole Miss, especially when Ole Miss is good. They don't necessarily care what's going on about this game when Ole Miss is bad. That's the difference about this rivalry. They, they genuinely don't pay attention to it. Ole Miss always pays attention to it. But they only pay attention to this rivalry when Ole Miss is good. And when Ole Miss is good, it is special. It is potentially one of the best five rivalries in all of college football. But Ole Miss needs to be good to elite for that to happen. This is going to be a game that's going to produce an environment that is going to be something that, honestly, CBS hasn't really seen. Because in 2008, when we went down there and won, it was loud and all of this, but LSU wasn't in a position to where, you know, they they could see evenness or anything like that because Ole Miss came into that game at six and four or something like that seven and fours or something like that in that, in that ballpark whenever Ole Miss comes in with a zero in the loss column of their name whenever Halloween is getting close because this game will be played on October 22nd it's not quite Halloween weekend it's not quite it's that dang Alabama bye that is ruining our tradition but it's close and they have done their part to move it into October to where it is close. We need to get it back to Halloween, and we need to get to the point where we're good because whenever this is good, this rivalry is really fun, especially in Tiger Stadium. I'm telling you, it's going to be a load of fun. Now, this is my concern going into this game. Jackson Dart has a little bit of Bo Wallace in it. Bo Wallace, if you can remember, in 2014 got a little bit rowdy uh, rattled at the end of that game and made a mistake. And you know, it happens. You know, you, you generally do not want to be put in that position, but it happened. So it's going to be imperative for Ole Miss to get off to a fast start in this game and, honestly, to not let LSU rally. Because LSU, unlike any other team in college football right now that I've seen, when thing when the momentum turns – Good stuff happens for the Bayou Bengals. It just does. There's not really a whole lot you can do about that situation. It just kind of happens. But if things are going bad, if things are going poorly, you can kind of pile on a little bit with LSU. So we will see exactly where they sit. Big win for LSU in Gainesville. I think they beat Florida 42-35. to Both of those teams, they're, they're the exact same team. They could change jerseys, and you wouldn't know the difference. They're the same team. But 42-35, to 35, it'll be interesting to see what they do against this running attack. Ole Miss is averaging 270 yards on the ground in October. Ole Miss is going to go into a game on October 22nd averaging 270 yards a game. Folks, that's service academy numbers. That's ridiculous. Almost ran the ball 69 times for 448, which means LSU is going to have to stop that run. They're going to have to look at it. Now, I do worry that because of that, there might be a little bit too much of a leniency given to Jackson Dart in the pass game. Honestly, early on, as long as the defense is holding up, I think you need to pound the rock and you need to be stubborn with it real similar to the way they were in Auburn. And the jet sweeps for the first time, 
became a real part of the offense. You can see how that opens up the defensive well. This is an offense that is all about torturing linebackers. And they have a chance to do it. This game, the reason I bring this up, and we did the special segment, this game means probably the most to me out of any game that Ole Miss plays year in and year out. The Egg Bowl is fun. I will not miss that. I'm not talking down on it at all, and I'm not saying LSU is our real rival. This game, though, is special to me. This game was my first um, game in 1983. I saw Ole Miss in State in 82. State won the game. Timmy Moffitt ran a pump back in the game. Ole Miss ended up winning the game in 83, and then we were sitting in the LSU section. My mother literally had to cover me up with a coat at that time because of all of the whiskey bottles raining down. So my mother instilled on me from that day, because I was like six years old at that time, a hatred of LSU because she had to do that. And everything was coming down. There was broken glass absolutely everywhere in Memorial Stadium that day. And it basically imprinted on me a reaction to this ball game forever. This is the game I most want to win. It's, it's a weird thing, but it's absolutely the truth. We're going to come back with betting lines in just a second. But first, I want to tell you about Bet Online. It's your number one source for football betting this season. You can find all the latest player developments, team matchups, news, and podcasts, in-depth articles and analysis on every game you can find. If you can see down below, Ole Miss is a pick in this game right now. Number seven Ole Miss on the road. At LSU is a pick on the over-unders at 63 points. Ole Miss was an under-machine for the first part of the season. The last two games, they've really taken up. They put up 100 points in the last two games. LSU's defense has not been great. They gave up 35 to Florida with a quarterback that was athletic and good in the running game, but might be lacking somewhat in the passing game as well. So that's something to keep an eye on in this thing. But Ole Miss is a pick at the moment. The over-under is at 63 points. The game's at 2.30 Central Time on CBS. Anyway, head to betonline.net or use your mobile device to learn more. It's BetOnline. It's where the game starts. All right, thanks for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts, including YouTube. So do us a favor, subscribe to the YouTube channel, hit the bell for notifications, and participate in the conversation by commenting or upvoting the video. We'd appreciate it. Anyway, we're going to get into this week's lines. Only five SEC games this week, and honestly, they're not very good, but there's two of them in particular that we're really interested in, and a third one that we're going to pay attention to. Here we go. First game is Tennessee Martin at Tennessee, so if you're looking for a Tennessee letdown, brilliant scheduling. That's all I can say. There's no line on that game. Um, Tennessee is going to win it. And they're going to make by. It's it you know it might be something. It's a thirty-one to seventeen. Nobody cares. Just get the W. Ole Miss pick them at LSU. Um, I was expecting Ole Miss somewhere in the range of um, favored by two. It came in as a pick them. Um, it'll be interesting to see exactly what happens. LSU's defense is not great. Ole Miss's defense is not great. I think Ole Miss's offense is better than LSU's offense. Jaden Daniels is playing better. So, 
you see the way that Robbie Ashford was able to make plays last week. Now you bring in Jaden Daniels who can make similar type plays. It'll be interesting to see. It's going to be a big game for the defense. If you look at this next game, this qualifies nicely into the game that I'm paying attention to. Vandy is a 14.5 point underdog at Missouri. Missouri's made some plays. They're a good team. Um, but they've also made some losing plays. Like in against Auburn, they had two chances to win the game, didn't make either of the plays. Auburn ends up winning that game. So I assume this is a home game, and Vanderbilt is basically doing off reputation. Probably doesn't help them at Georgia last week getting 55 to nothing whenever they're supposed to be better. A.J. Swan, Will Shepard, Ray Davis against that Missouri team. I'm interested to see that with Brady Cook and those guys. Should be interesting to see. Vanderbilt, this is the game that if everybody said, if Vanderbilt got a game, this is the one that everybody pointed to. So we'll see how that goes. Mississippi State is at Alabama. Poor Mississippi State. Um, Alabama is a 21.5 point favorite. The game's in Tuscaloosa. You're going to have to run the ball against Alabama. If you if you drop eight and just let them sit back there and tee off on you with the cheetah package, at Alabama you're going to be in a little bit of problem, in a little bit of trouble. Uh, I, I I don't like it. Kentucky could have scored again. It ended up 27 to 17 over the weekend, but they downed the ball essentially in the one yard line. If they wanted another touchdown, they could have gotten it. Honestly, um, so it'll be interesting to see. Mississippi State, two weeks ago, all the promise in the world. They talked about it. Oh, that LSU game got away from them. They're in danger of losing back-to-back games now and being 5-3. and three. So that is something to keep an eye on as well. Texas A&M is favored by four points at South Carolina. This is a weird game. It's just a weird game. You've got a quarterback with a throwing motion that makes Tim Tebow look like Dan Marino. And... It, it, it blows up what's going on. We had a terrible play call. They almost beat Alabama. Now, is Alabama having, like, real trouble because they go through a near miss like that and then they play Tennessee and basically face another one? It, it's really interesting to me. Um, so, we'll see exactly which team Texas A&M puts out this weekend. The games I'm watching, though, and paying attention to is Ole Miss and LSU, obviously. Mississippi State at Alabama and Vanderbilt at Missouri. Texas A&M and South Carolina, it's like, okay, it's happening. Um, but those are the lines of the week. And honestly, I think that they're pretty close to where they need to be. Now, remember, 2014, Ole Miss went 7-0. and And yes, it did happen, NCAA. It doesn't matter if you vacate them. That season happened. We saw it with our own eyes. Went down to LSU, lost 10-7. to Went down to LSU and lost 10-7. to This is a chance for vengeance. This is a chance to get right. But most importantly, over the next two weeks, this is about survival. It doesn't matter if you win by one point or ten points. If it's pretty or ugly, just win the game. It doesn't matter. Just win the game. If you win the game this week, that week against Texas A&M becomes the ultimate trap game. And if you look at Ole Miss's schedule right now, it's basically nothing but sandwich games. You've got LSU and then to A&M. A&M is the ultimate trap game because Alabama, everybody is going to be talking about that. After Alabama is Arkansas and before the Egg Bowl. So you've got those two as sandwich games 
sandwiched around really good teams. This Ole Miss team could go 7-5. and five. This Ole Miss team could go 12-0. and 0. We will see how this goes. Anywhere in between, it could happen. Should be really cool. Anyway, get more on the SEC by making Locked On SEC your second listen. Everyday host Chris Gordy and the local experts of Locked On take you across the SEC in 30 minutes. Make Locked On SEC your second listen. We will see you tomorrow. Everybody have a good day and hotty toddy, guys. It's LSU week. Oh,